Back in A. Ye old suckers. Ye old fuck it doesn't fit. Ye old what the fuck is this? Get in the hole. I told you. It's because it's wet. Usually that helps get it in the hole. I know, but it's not. It's hindering it. It's because this one's sticky. Oh, now it's sticky, huh? Oh, shit. It's like putting a condom on after you've already been in. Been in. (laughs) Hi. Oh, just as you said that, I burped. (laughs) Great. What's up? Either way, it's episode 79. (laughs) And, uh, uh, oh, it's, I'm sorry about the podcast. Hi, have I ever introduced the podcast ever before? I don't remember things. Um, I'm Amanda. That's Christina. She was yawning. I was so. yawning. Sorry, guys. So Dude. I was just... <gasps> Ooh. I just looked at my feet and this bad boy is real swollen. How did you get swollen? We didn't even walk. I don't know. But she's mad. You see it? She's lumpy. I'm sorry. What episode is this? <laughs> 79. <laughs> Sorry you got distracted by your feet like a baby <laughs> who discovers their feet for the first I know, time. Look at my feet. Clap, clap, clap. I can't do it as easy. Good. Easily. You're not supposed to be able to do that. That's why your feet fell apart. We've already had this baby conversation because when we were, at, we, we just got back home from the Renaissance Festival on Parade. It's basically you just drive around and buy food and then you eat all the food that you buy. <laughs> I personally spent like $38. Yeah. I think I spent like 40 I got to pay my mom back because I didn't bring cash with. I was just yeah. going to give her money. I got to tally it up. But I think I'm at like 40 or 50 No, yeah. probably like 40 <sighs> Yeah. I cut all that out because I was talking while I was yawning. Yeah. But it was really, really good. It was a good time. But I'm just, I'm really aware of all the food I ate. I know. We're going to. So Don't you put spo- that in your mouth. I'm gonna. No, we're talking. It's fine. It's cotton candy. It's gonna melt as soon as I put it in. No one would even known if you didn't say anything. <laughs> Don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> hey, bossy bosserson. I'll fucking put it in my mouth. Now I'm gonna put it in my mouth. <laughs> How I feel about that. I got my Skittles cotton candy next to me. Oh. Uh, and the fucking. We got her a corn cake. cake. It's literally a piece of. It's a chunk of cake. I would say it's the size of like one ash cheek. I was gonna say I would say it's a good like heap of cake. Yeah, but like if you could imagine a piece of cake, like a wedge of cake about the size of somebody's ass cheek, like a normal person's ass cheek, not like a Kim Kardashian ass cheek, yeah. but like a Reese Witherspoon. It's <laughs> a random ass celebrity you just pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> I was trying to think of someone. And I'm like trying to think of a skinny celebrity, skinny tiny celebrity, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, how was so, your week since so we're, we're we're just all fat and sassy today? Yeah, just getting at home, just gonna be fat and sassy. I'm just going home making some suits, gonna get all fat and sassy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about your week. What's new? What's up? How you doing? Not much. Just work. That's it. I did a photo shoot. And uh, I can't stop yawning, so That's have fun good. with that, guys. Um, no, I just did a photo shoot, and I worked, and that was it. Like I said, my ankle is 
So find out on Thursday what they're going to do. Probably more surgery. (laughs) I'm so excited. Not. How about you? How was your week? Um, Went to the dentist, spent $1,500. My car door doesn't open anymore. And, um, you know, just basically living the dream. Your car door? Yeah. You, like, blended that together. So, to me, it sounded like my card order doesn't work anymore. My card order. I told you, I can't talk today. (laughs) I was like, what card order? What are you talking about? So, my car door. Got it. And not opening. (laughs) Is not opening. So, gotta figure that out. She's gotta climb through the window. No. Remember, that's not how it works. I gotta open the window to open it from the outside, then shut the window and leave so I can lock it. Oh, got it. It's a it's a process that she doesn't want to deal with. Yeah, not excited about it, but you know what? It's fine. Could be a lot worse. I did have a small panic when I first noticed I couldn't open it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? What if I wasn't agile and couldn't climb over this middle console and get to the other side? What would I do? Because it didn't click in my head to like roll the window down <laughs> and open it from the outside because I didn't know it could open from the outside. I thought it was just like the handle was broken. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what if I wasn't agile and I couldn't do this? What would happen? What would happen to me? Would I die in here? You'd have to call 911 and they'd have <laughs> I'm to... I'm stuck in my car. St- what do you mean you're stuck in your car? I mean, I'm stuck in my car. Stuck <laughs> in my car. Uh, but it's fine. Like I said, could be worse. Not too concerned about it. It's probably going to be an easy fix, but... Yeah. It's like probably just a little plastic piece that cracked in half and has to be replaced. Yep. But it's fine. Just annoying. But the teeth thing, it's kind of nice. But it's really funny because I, like, got the big cavities on this side taken care of. Because I did three cavities and then, like, a deep cleaning. Uh. Um, And I got them done. And they were kind of achy for the first couple days because it was, like, healing from just yeah. all the, everything being in there. And then, all of a sudden, I could feel the cavities on the other side that I couldn't feel before because these ones hurt so bad that mm-hmm. I didn't even notice That's probably why you have migraines all the time. That's maybe. what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's what he said. He's like, you probably um, get the migraines because of these cavities, and you might also clench when you're sleeping. So, yes. I don't know. Lots of issues happening in my mouth, but we're working on it, chipping away at it. Lots of things going on inside my mouth. But, but yeah, so, this was a cavity corner with, yeah, I'm sorry, with the podcast. Just so you guys all know, I'm fixing my Amanda's teeth. Amanda's mouth is riddled with cavity. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you don't go to the dentist for 12 years. Yeah, I haven't been in like four and I need to. I have dental insurance. I don't know why I don't. Oh, I know why I don't. I'm terrified of going to the dentist. I don't like it. All right. I really, well, I feel now, like we're both all fat and sassy and our energy's all worn out. So we're just like. Mmm. Now that we're just talking about stuff that nobody gives a shit nobody about. Nobody gives a fuck about your cavities, Amanda. <laughs> Tell me your story. <laughs> all right. What is my story? I don't know. It's the question I have. I'm not going to tell you, well, I don't, hmm. We're going to talk about the murder of Betty Lee. Betty Lee? Yep. Okay. Okay. That's how we're going to start this. She was murdered. All right. The end. (laughs) (laughs) So, Betty Lee was found murdered in the middle of the New Mexico desert by an electrical line inspector after following a trail of blood that he saw on the side of the road. How scary would that be? Mm-hmm. Just going out to do your job and you're like, holy well, shit. Well, and he had thought someone had poached a deer and was just trying to go out, I think, and make sure, like, it was dead or, like... Oh, someone maybe was tracking the mm-hmm. deer but didn't actually get to it or something. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So it was off the road on June 7th of 2000. 
So, Lee was a college nursing student from Shiprock who belonged to the Navajo Nation and had was a mother of five. Her hobbies were gardening and herb gathering. Aww. Uh, she was last seen at a bar called The Turnaround on June 6th. She had two, she and two other women had went to The Turnaround together, uh, but her friends had met men there and they decided to go to a motel together, leaving Lee without a ride home. Oh, gosh. Lee, poor, poor gal. Uh, she tried to call her brother from a payphone, but wasn't able to get a hold of them. Um, when the police inspected the crime scene they and like an autopsy had been done, it was determined that she had been sexually assaulted Stabbed and bludgeoned with a sledgehammer. Jesus! Uh, her body was left under the cover of bushes on the side of the road. Uh, police didn't have a lot to go on, but they were able to determine that a cell phone that was discarded in the dirt near a web of tire tracks was probably part of the crime. The phone was placed, was traced to a tow truck driver named Charlie Bergen, and this one, and this is what, like, Crack the case wide open. Okay. So, Charlie Bergen was not the killer. Uh, he was a tow truck driver with a story to tell. Dun, dun, dun. So, Charlie was called out to the area to assist a man after a couple of cars were stuck. He gave the name of one of the men at, known as Robert Fry. Robert. I feel like I know this name. Robert Fry. His, uh, don't look it up. His occupation right now while you're telling the story, <laughs> but a newspaper account uh, described him as a marginally employed Navy veteran who served in Guam and then worked on and off as a bouncer, security guard, and driver. Okay. In his spare time, he enjoyed playing Dungeons and Dragons and collecting knives. Sounds fun. Oh, and he was also a serial killer. Dun dun dun! I have that fucking written. <laughs> Oh, dun, and he dun, was also a... Dun. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like a terrible line from, like, the ID channel when they're just like, he enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons and collecting knives in his spare time. And he was also a serial killer. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So... <laughs> dun, dun. Like the CSI or whatever. Dun, dun. Da, 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 da. <laughs> So, Robert Bobby Fry was a disturbed young man who was out of touch with reality after a difficult upbringing um, that was reported full of fistfights and trouble at school. He grew into basically a real asshole uh, who told unrealistic stories about fighting and chaos. Reminds me of some people we grew up with. I chopped his head off and then it grew back on, so we fought again. Also... We had geese, and they had teeth. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, God. So, on November 24th, 1996, in Farmington, New Mexico, we're we're starting back, obviously. Going back in the way, way back machine. Gotcha. Uh, So, this is the first murder that they've tied to Fry, is what we're starting with. So, Fry and his friends, Harold Pollock, paid a visit to the eclectic, eclectic, sorry, a store that sold occult items, crystals, role-playing booklets, and ornate knives and swords. Ornate. Ornate. An ornate brooch. An ornate brooch. <laughs> After stealing a bundle of knives, Fry and Pollock went out to the desert to look over all of their shit they stole, 
like a couple of fucking bridge trolls. I was sassy when I wrote this. Apparently. <laughs> like a couple of fucking bridge trolls. <laughs> High five. <laughs> you got them. <laughs> well, literally, they went and stole stuff, then went out into the desert to go over their loot. Like, get out of here. You know what you stole. It's like, it's like when we come back from a shopping trip, and then we gotta go, what did I buy? Wait, you what did I get? We have to open all of the bags and look at everything we purchased. I guess oh, it makes yeah, sense. I forgot about these socks. <laughs> that was in the first store we went to. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> then... So then once they had gone over everything they had stolen, Fry demanded they return back to the store to get more things. Which is stupid. Let's go let's go back to where we just robbed, you know. Right. Double down. So he first murdered Joseph Fleming, who was a 24-year-old security guard and a familiar face at the Eclectic who was at the store that night. Fry crushed Fleming's windpipe with his heavy work boots before slitting the victim's throat with a knife. Oh my gosh. And then 18-year-old Matthew Trucker, another eclectic regular, was the next to die. He was brutally beaten and stabbed multiple times. Why are, uh, Why is he so angry? Pollock actually stated that at one point he, they took a sword and, like, he hacked away at one of the guys with a sword from the cult store. This is his first murder? Yes. That they have tied back to him. How? I, I don't believe it. I think he's killed somebody else. So... Fry and Pollock were actual people of interest in that crime, but authorities had other suspects, individuals who at the time seemed far more likely to have committed a murder like that, so they were never arrested. Of course. Uh, so then, on March 31st in 1998, so two years later, Donald Tosi, who is a member of, also a member of the Navajo tribe, was out drinking at Farmington's Turnaround Bar, so that same bar. Okay. When Fry and his new accomplice, Leslie Ng, uh, offered him a ride. So Fry emerged from, so, he, they, like, attacked him. I think they were going to rob him. Okay. And they, um, Fry, like, came out on top of the fight. And so when they were done, they roll. he, like, passed out. They rolled him, uh, Donald barely breathing, but he was still alive, off a cliff. So they had gone out into the desert again, and they were on a cliff, and they fought, and then he, they knocked him out and just pushed Where him off the Where is this again? The in the, not, in uh, New Mexico. New Mexico, okay. I was, for whatever reason, I'm like, I was thinking it was Nevada for whatever reason, but then I'm like, okay, and, and that makes sense that maybe I like, mm-hmm. and desert. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so New Mexico. So he evaded arrest again, and then his final murder was that of Betty Lee. So, Betty Lee accepted a ride from Fry and Aang that night. Fry and Aang were cruising around in his Ford Aspire near the bar when they spotted Betty Lee at a payphone. Robert pulled up to her and noticed she was crying and told her he hated to see a woman cry. Okay. And offered her a ride. He then drove her to a remote dirt road in Farmington, saying he had to stop to relieve himself. Fry was six foot one inch, so he's a bit of a monster. He's a tall guy. Uh, he dragged Betty out of the car, attempted to rape her. When she resisted, he stabbed her in the chest. She then fled on foot, and he caught up and killed her with, a, beat her to death with a sledgehammer. So this ang girl, Leslie, right? It's no, it's a, it's a dude. Oh, I was like, she's just like along for the ride. Yeah, it's, it's a dude. It's a guy. Okay. Yep. Um. So, they were, 
so once he beat her to death with a sledgehammer, they dragged her body under some bushes and then threw her clothes into a ravine. <sighs> okay. But this is... <laughs> Sorry. No, you're... It's about to get... This is where it shows how fucking stupid these assholes are. Okay, so, I'm ready. They kill her, shove her in some bushes, throw clothes in a ravine. He murdered her with a sledgehammer, so obviously there's blood everywhere. Right. However, <laughs> the Ford Aspire got stuck. Aspire, sorry, Aspire. Aspire. <laughs> the Ford, Ford Aspire. <laughs> the, the Ford Aspire got stuck in soft sand. Hey, which, hey, we got stuck in we mud. We got stuck in mud. It was not fun. As they tried to reach the highway. So instead of calling a tow truck, we didn't tell them that story either. We'll have to, we'll end this okay. episode with it. <laughs> we'll let you guys know. <laughs> so instead of calling a tow truck, he called his parents. So James Fry, his father James Fry brought his pickup to help wrench them out. But then his father's pickup also got stuck in the dirt, stranding them all. Mm. So then they called a tow truck. Can you imagine how panicked he was at this point? So many people are near this bloody vehicle. There's so many people. I just killed this chick. She's shoved under some bushes, like, less than 100 yards from my car right now. Right. And I just have to keep calling people out here. So they call a tow truck out. Floyd Robinson drove out in his tow truck, but Robinson also managed to get his truck stuck as well. Oh my gosh, <laughs> everyone's getting stuck. They're going to be pretty much on top of the body at some point with the <laughs> amount of vehicles that are trying to pile in this one space. What is happening here? How did he not get stuck on the way in if he's getting stuck? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I know. <laughs> so then they had to call another tow truck. Hold to on. pull all of them out? Yeah. So, <coughs> this time they called Charlie Bergen. Okay. Who's the owner of the cell phone. Um, Charlie was already having a bad night, um, <laughs> which did not improve him by getting called out in the middle of the nowhere to pull these assholes. It's like, fucking out, great! All out of the dirt. This it was just like 4 a.m. at this point. Oh, God. Uh, so... What Charlie said is he lost his phone was there because shortly after arriving he got a call from his wife who was nagging him on the phone and it pissed him off um, because he had shitty phone reception. Uh, she he got super pissed and threw his phone into the sand and he couldn't find it. <laughs> and the police found it. I just have to face palm for a second. So the guy whose phone was found right next to a crime scene. Only had his phone there because he got pissed about the reception and, and his couldn't wife find it after him. he threw it away. Yes. God, what kind of luck is that? He's like, <laughs> this is the worst night ever. Throw your phone. Now I don't even know where the fuck it is. Leave. And then they call you. They're like, hey, so are you a murderer? And it's like, no. <laughs> no, I just had shitty reception. <laughs> so he towed all three of the vehicles out, freeing them all, and then fucking bounced. Um, so there is a kind of alternate thought because they were kind of wondering, like, the cops were wondering why no one noticed, like, blood because he had to have had blood on him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So what they actually think happened, but they don't really know because the accounts is that he got stuck, called his parents, 
his parents picked him up and Ingla drove them back to their house. He cleaned up and then they went back out to get their car and that's when their parents got stuck. So he thinks that his parents were aware? They don't know for sure if they were complicit because it was dark. So maybe they just thought he had mud all over him. Maybe they thought, you know, they don't know what. But if they bring him out to go, why don't you clean yourself up? Now let's go back and see if we can get your car out. I I don't know. I'm just saying. So that's where I'm like, hmm, thing. if that's so, the case. So investigators track shoe prints at the murder scene to footwear found during the searches of Fry and Ng's homes. So that's also why. And both sets of shoes had Betty Lee's blood on them and a blood stain on Fry's t-shirt suggested that he was the one who hit Lee with a sledgehammer. Yeah, because of this. Yeah. The splatter. So Bobby Fry was arrested three days later for the murder of Betty Lee. Um, and then in April of 2002, Fry was convicted of kidnapping and attempted rape and murder. He apologized more than to more than 20 of Betty Lee's relatives present in the courtroom and asked the jury to spare his life for the sake of his parents. Uh, he was sentenced to death for these crimes, and then when he was later tried for the murders of Joseph Fleming, Matthew Trecker, and Donald to- Tozy, he was received additional life sentences. I so, gotta say, what pisses me off when killers are like, spare my life. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, especially when it's like multiple murders. Yeah. If it's something where it's like, it happened, I didn't mean to, like, I get that, but like, when you purposely kill multiple people and you're like spare my life because of this it's like did you think of anybody else when you were doing that to them right they were completely innocent yeah did you consider anybody else (sighs) so um fry's mother also kind of suffered from this so she a petition signed by 250 advocates for the murder victims called for gloria fry to be removed from her job as an adult misdemeanor administrator for the san juan county probation department they also investigated her, and it revealed that Gloria Fry, Gloria Fry had driven onto the Betty Lee crime scene as police officers were studying it. So she had come back oh. and driven near it. Um, and the fact that she lent her son a county-owned cell phone to which he used the night of Lee's murder didn't help the matters. Oh, no. Uh, so she was fired on June 7th, 2002. Okay. So, in 2009, though, the state of New Mexico abolished the death penalty. Fry remained basically kind of in limbo on death row while the legal system debated whether the murder's pre-2009 death sentence should be upheld. In 2019, the New Mexico Supreme Court vacated Fry's death sentence and resentenced him to life in prison. Okay. Uh, and then Ng- Leslie Ng is also in the custody of the New Mexico Corrections Department in jail as well. Well, I was just going to ask whatever happened to this other guy. Yeah, he got life, Char- but Robert Fry was Well, he to- was, because he was the one that had the blood splattered on his t-shirt, mm-hmm. so most likely he was the one doing the actual physical yeah. murdering portion of the kidnapping and murdering. Yeah. And that is the murder of Betty Lee. And I, uh, and also the story of Robert Fry, the serial killer. I found this by Googling um, crimes that were resolved by stupid coincidences. Oh, nice. And that cell phone is what a man's cell phone led to the conviction of a serial killer. And I was like, hmm, what's this? And I'm like, oh, man, you had a bad that, night. God, that sucks, huh? <laughs> bad night for you, bro. I mean, it was kind of short, but. No, it was good. I'm just looking up what he looks like. I'm like, do oh, I he's know? terrifying. Look at him. Yeah. 
Wow. I don't, I don't like, like that, that mustache. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't, I don't like that mustache. Oh, boy. Can I have some cotton candy? I guess. Good job. That was good. Oh, thank you. Very interesting. It was one of those that it's like, it's fast because it's like solved and there wasn't yeah. like major twists and turns in it. But I kind of like those too because you can actually like look at like the psychological part of things too because it's not so much of this like trying to follow the story yeah um, i'm gonna be so fat by the end of this weekend i'm so glad you enjoyed that cake uh it's really good i told you i've been craving it i'm like i don't know if it's like a psychological thing but i need cake ever since my birthday i wanted cake we had a brownie but that was it, it wasn't cake it's not cake it's not it's not cake it's not cake but i got cake now and it's a lot more cake than i probably should have eaten but <laughs> gonna eat more you it's know it's an ass cheat cake it's real good all right i better i better get started before my phone fucking dies huh <laughs> you got 10 percent. it should be good you would think so but i also had when we got here over 50 percent. so well what have you been doing not shit you've been here <laughs> amanda's gonna tell me a story now i am i'm going to tell the second part of my little rascal's Curse. Uh, Little Rascals Dosakis Part 2. Exactly, exactly. That's I feel like that was redundant, but yep. <laughs> just let it go. Uh just let it go. Don't don't bring attention to it. So I'm gonna tell you the most recent and the most like infamous Ooh. of the our gang little rascals things. Okay. Things, things and stuff. Um, oh, there we go. I was like, why did it do that? Um, one of the members of the Our Gang cast was born Michael James Gubitosi. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? It's like Gubitosi. It, that's how it's, I'm saying it very like, as the sounds come. <laughs> so we're going to go with that. Um, born in 1933 in New Jersey. His nickname was Mickey. That's like what his family called him. Okay. And they were all about, like, the parents were all about the kids becoming famous and getting into movies. They were those parents. They needed it to happen. Yeah. So they moved to L.A. when Mickey was a toddler, where him and his siblings would be toted around by their mom to different auditions. And in 1939, when he was five years old, Mickey got his first role in a movie called Bridal Suite. And then after that, he got cast into the Our Gangs film series. Okay. Let me just... Uh, uh, uh. He was on the show from 39 to 44, and his character's name was also Mickey. So he is Mickey. His character's name is Mickey. And he was in 40 total films. So whenever I read these numbers, I'm always like, holy shit, that's a lot of, like, episodes and stuff. But, yeah. You know. Uh, so 42 producers suggested... So, okay. I don't know why it says 42. Oh, in 1942. That's what it would be. I try to be all short, you know. Uh, in you 1940- do that every time to yourself. I know. But it's because it's just so much faster to write 42 than do... 1942. <laughs> yeah. um, in 1942, producers suggested that he would get himself like a stage name. And this is um, just because his name was a, a lot. Uh, so he became Bobby Blake. 
aka Robert Blake. Okay. I don't In, know who that is. Huh? Should I know that name? You should. I don't know that name. Well, so Robert Blake is what he becomes as an adult. He takes okay. on the name because it sounds more adulty. Um, the whole series ended in 44, like I had said last week. And Mickey was one of the very last main characters on the show. Uh, Blake continued acting after Our Gang. His career was a success. And it seems like one of the only ones from the whole thing that actually had a successful acting career afterwards. Okay. Um, but from all the accounts that I read, it seemed like his home life was a mess. Um, he said that his mother and his father both physically and emotionally abused him, that sometimes he would get locked into closets and left there for a day or two. Um, and then there were also times that he was made to eat food off of the floor, mm -hmm. like a dog, you know. Um, so in 1950, he was drafted into the army and... This was only like a short stint because it was right near the end. Mm -hmm. um, and in 1956, he started using the more grown-up name, Robert Blake. Uh, and this year is also the year that his father killed himself. Didn't say how in the articles I read, but that's the year his uh, dad passed away. Uh, he still continued to act after this, but it was nothing huge, nothing super noteworthy until 1967 when he got the role in the movie In Cold Blood. Um... And that launched him into stardom. This movie. Okay, so it's about the murder of the Clutter family, right? Mm -hmm. Which I told a story on. I know. And that's, I said, you know them, wink face. Wink face. Uh, after that, Blake became more sought after for like TV series, and he got a he got a spot in it's Beretta mm -hmm. in 1975, which was a it's like a cop show. Wasn't yeah, it? it's a he's like a he had a I know that he had a parrot, and mm -hmm. he was like a investigator. Yeah, private eye. Yeah, um, you know this is where the saying "If you can't do the time, don't do the crime" came from. <laughs> That's what I wrote down about it. Uh, for this role, he won an Emmy Award, and he was nominated for a Golden Globe in 1950, or 1976 and 1975. There are three seasons of it, and it's known to be his best-known role okay. even ever since. He still act, acted after that, but it wasn't much. Um, Blake then was a serial killer, was the serial killer John List oh. <laughs> in a made-for-TV movie. I was like, this escalated quickly. Blake yeah. was also a serial and killer. Now, it's dun, like dun, yours. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, List is the one that killed his family and was on the lam for like 18 He's years. He's not a serial killer, is he? He's um, a family annihilator. That's what I would classify him as, but everything I was reading was saying portraying serial killer john list that's wrong um so i just wrote it down you know what i mean <laughs> uh <laughs> for for this role blake was nominated for an emmy again so he's doing pretty good you know mm -hmm. uh then in 1997 he was in the cult classic as they called it mm -hmm. lost highway <laughs> Uh, playing the mystery man. Ooh. Blake was very frugal with his money and his investments, so he saved a lot of money, and so he was really well off yeah. by this point because all of his everything coming in from everything. All of his everything <laughs> coming in from everything? Yep. 
He saved it. <laughs> he saved it. So he only took roles that he really liked near the end of his career. He was like, ooh, I'm very interested in this. And this was one of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, in August of 1998, at the age of 65, Blake met Bonnie Lee Bakley, <gasps> who was 42. Why do I do that name? Um, it sounds like the name of the Bakley plastic nope. company one that I did. Or Bakelite or whatever. Continue. Anyway, she was 42 and they met at a jazz club in L.A. Okay. Jazz club. She flirted with him and then Blake went back with her to her hotel that night. And how old was she? 42. And he was 65? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, da -da 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 -da. after that, Bakley, oh, after that, Bakley has her own scandalous past. I don't know why that's written like that. That makes no sense. So she had her own past of like things. Mm -hmm. uh, moving out to LA before Dean Martin died because Bakley was stalking Dean Martin. She basically, okay, I'm not going to get ahead of myself or I'm going to get to these things yeah, and I'm going to have okay. to stop. So before she was moving, she was making frequent trips to LA from Memphis where she was from um, where she was stalking Dean Martin, oh. hoping to become his mistress and inherit his wealth. Oh, um, but all that ever actually happened, like as close as she got, was having a photo taken with him. <laughs> nice fucking try, Bakley. Get out of here. Um, so she fell in love with L.A. when she was making these trips and ended up moving there. Mm -hmm. She was known as a grifter and a thief. She would make her living selling hers and other women's nude photos to swinger magazines. Okay. And did a lot of lonely heart scams, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know, bringing them into a tangled web. Could you mm -hmm. help me pay for this? And then not talking to them again. Uh, meeting men. Oh, I'm just going to go over that again. <laughs> so she would also steal these men's social security numbers and... um sign up for government assistance in their name and then basically cash all their okay. government assistance checks and have the monies. Uh, by the time she met Blake, she had been married nine times or more. It just said at least nine times. Nine? Nine. Marrying rich men um, with no prenuptial agreement and then breaking it off and getting Money. a portion of their wealth. Uh, her biggest goal, though, was to marry an actual celebrity. Okay. When Blake met Bakley, she was also pursuing another man named Christian Brando, which is Marlon Brando's Brando. son. Yes. In May of 1990, Christian had shot his half-sister's yes. boyfriend to death in his father's home. I yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He pleaded guilty to manslaughter, but was released in 1996. He was abusive. The boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And that's where that whole thing, but this is just like Oh, that's a different quick, story. This is like a quick thing. <laughs> this is a different story. <laughs> so ba Bakley had said that or had said to her friends that Christian was sometimes paranoid and delusional. Like he was suffering mental health issues. Okay. In 1998 and 1999, Bakley started taking fertility drugs and was having unprotected sex with both Christian and Blake. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and at this is at what, like 45, 46, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Um, she 
And by 99, she was pregnant. Oh, at that old, huh? Well, I mean... Her eggs hadn't dried up. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, she was... Oh. That was a typo. I'm like, I don't understand that word. Um, she was was sure that it was Blake's baby and told him that it was his. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake didn't want her to have the baby and Bakley refused to have an abortion. So she had the baby. Um, she had also told Christian that he was the father as well. Okay. So, you know, this is good. Making it even more tangled. Then on June 2nd, 2000, she gave birth to a daughter that she named Christian Shannon Brando. So she named it after Christian mm-hmm. Brando. Um, even though the the baby was obviously Blake's, she looked just like him. Okay. Like, there was no denying mm-hmm. it. Uh, she gave birth in Arkansas because she was serving probation there at the time. In 96, she was caught with mo- multiple IDs and arrested for identity theft. So she had probation in arkansas a term of her probation was that she wasn't supposed to leave arkansas but obviously she didn't really follow that because she went to la frequently and ended up getting pregnant by people in la yeah uh after giving birth bakley and her baby went to la again to go meet blake okay uh there there they went to a cafe while the baby was being watched by a sitter And at that cafe, two officers came up to Bakley and arrested her for violating her probation terms. The officers told Bakley that they wouldn't arrest her if she just flew back to Arkansas right away, and she agreed. She's like, okay. And Blake said that he'd take care of the baby in the meantime. When she got back to her parole officer, they were like, there's nothing in the notes saying that you were even approached by officers. Um, And that's because they weren't real. Oh, they no. were actors hired by Blake, and he stole the. I know this to story. The I watched baby. an investigation yeah. discovery episode on it. That is why I'm. That's so why confused. you know that name. I was like, why do I know these names? So, Bakley threatened to charge Blake with kidnapping, um, and Blake asked her, like, "What can I do for this not to happen? Like, what?" And she just said, "To marry her." So they did. Okay. They got married. Very Seems like a healthy life for this child. Very good, yes. Uh, November 2000, they were married. And six months later, she moved to L.A. after her probation was up and moved into the guest house of Blake's property. She didn't even, like, move into the house with him. Uh, they never lived in the same house the entire time they were married. Pause. Okay. Uh, the baby's name at that point was changed to Rosalind... Or Cephia? Or Sophia? No, it's Ia. Or Sophia? Or Sophia? Uh, Blake, whatever it is, there's a reason for it, I'm sure. Uh, And on May 4th, 2001, Blake Blake asked Bakley to dinner. They went to one of Blake's favorite restaurants with the dish that actually had it named after him. So he was, like, famous there. He was, like, a big deal. Yeah. After dinner, they walked to Blake's car that was parked maybe a block away. Um, 20 minutes after leaving, Blake started bang- banging on the doors of houses near where the car was parked. Um, <laughs> so this is supposed to say screaming. Do you want to... S- I will tell you what letters I wrote down. <laughs> S-C-R-E 
M A M J F M. What the fuck? Did you sneeze while you were typing that? I don't know, but it's supposed to say screaming. So screaming that his wife had been shot. Okay. Uh, a man answered finally after a few houses and called 911. The police found 44-year-old Bonnie Lee Bakley dying from a being shot twice in the passenger seat. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on. The passenger seat of Blake's car. Her window was slightly rolled down, showing that either she knew the shooter or maybe she had been robbed. I'm not sure why they went to that conclusion, but Mm -hmm. um, those were the two theories at the time. Uh, She was alive and rushed to the hospital, but was pronounced dead not long after arriving. Blake says that after dinner, they walked to the car and he usually carried a revolver on himself for protection. He claimed that he forgot his gun at the restaurant. He must have taken off the holster and set Mm -hmm. it down. Um, and so he went back to go get it, leaving Blakely just waiting in the car. Apparently when he got back, she had been shot. Police found it not very compelling. They didn't believe right. what he was saying. He's like, they're like, a little too suspicious. Uh, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Blake never asked how Bakley was doing, though he knew that she was alive when the ambulance picked her up. Or even inquired about what happened or if they had found anybody or nothing. Like, he just didn't seem very interested at all. Just like, hey, I'm innocent. Not concerned about how she was doing. Yeah. So they're like, okay, so she he's just assuming she's dead. And that's it. Police also thought it was weird that Blake didn't use, his, use the cell phone that Bakley carried on her to call 911 rather than pounding on a bunch of different doors. It would have been the fastest way to get anybody there. Yeah. But then at the same time, I think about that, like, if it's an emergency, is that the first thing you think is like, oh, she has a cell phone in her purse, let me go grab it, or do you think, I need to get to a person and run? So I'm like, eh, eh. Mm. Blake refuses a polygraph test, saying that he was too upset and it wouldn't be accurate. Well, polygraph tests are bullshit anyway. I agree. His hands were tested for gunshot residue, and it received inconclusive results. There was no determination on whether he went back for his gun or not, for real. Nobody really knew if he came back no and grabbed it. No one could corroborate that he, yeah. was in the re- he went back in the restaurant, but they also couldn't say he didn't come back. Exactly. The, uh, the murder weapon was found in a dumpster near the car. It was a vintage twenty-five caliber handgun, and it had been covered in oil, so there were no fingerprints on it. I guess. Mm. <laughs> Uh, The next morning, Blake's lawyer held a press conference bashing Bakley and talking about her past crimes and the record that she already had, Mm. which is always a good look. Uh, Shortly after the murder, two men went to the police and told them that Blake had approached them about killing his wife for money. Oh, shit. Uh, One of the men said that, or both men said that they turned him down. Phone records show that Blake had talked to these men several times in the week follow- weeks following up to Bakley's death. I'm really having a hard time with Blake and Bakley. My mouth yeah. keeps trying to say the other one. Yeah. Um, the police then talked to a man call- whose name was Earl Caldwell, who was sometimes was a sometimes bodyguard for Blake. That's what they said. He also did like house maintenance and stuff. Okay. Uh, in Caldwell's home, in Caldwell's home. They found a handwritten list of items that seemed kind of like a murder preparation list with 
with one of the items being 25 auto, which it was a 25 automatic handgun. Um, okay. Caldwell is also a vintage gun collector, and it was a vintage gun. Mm. Caldwell said that all of the items on the list were just things that he needed for maintenance around Blake's property, specifically saying that the 25 auto was in regards to a car repair that he had a receipt for from a garage. He was like, this is what I was talking about. Um, on April or in April of 2002, both men were arrested. Blake was charged with murder murder with special circumstances two counts of solicitation of murder and conspiracy to commit murder caldwell was charged with conspiracy to commit murder and on in in december of 2004 blake's trial began prosecution believes that blake killed blake blake killed bakley <laughs> because <laughs> she had uh grifted him basically and trapped him into a marriage that he didn't, didn't mean anything of, yeah and the defense argued that bakley had ripped off many men and or yeah that ripped off many men and there were plenty of people that may have wanted her dead uh including brando who had already served time for shooting somebody so they're mm -hmm. like mm, guy with the record maybe maybe it's weird uh the men who came to the police about blake asking them to kill his wife testified but the defense showed that the men were heavy drug users and pretty unreliable witnesses may have been trying to get lesser charges for their own yeah things they have um the defense also claimed that the LAPD and the justice system were still reeling over the AJ or OJ acquittal um, and wanted a high-profile charge to convict somebody mm. so that they can see we're doing something. And so they were working really hard to make Robert Blake fit as the killer of this. Uh, the trial lasted about 10 weeks, and Blake was found not guilty of murder and solicitation of murder. The DA called the jury stupid for the lack of justice. Oh, <laughs> Straight shit. up told them they were stupid. <laughs> shit. Blake spent $10 million on his defense. Well, he had the money. Right? After the trial, Bakley's three children um, from her marriages before filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Blake. And eight months later, the jury found him financially responsible for his de her death, I guess. Okay. Um, he was originally ordered to pay $30 million to them, but ended up paying $15 million, which is still... A ridiculous amount of money. Uh, yeah. To these kids that probably had barely anything to do with mm -hmm. her. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, Blake has not had a role since, two, or since 1998. He claims that he now is living in poverty because of all the money he's had to pay out for all these different things. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, what do you think? Do you think this, like, curse is real? Do you think it's a thing? Because um, Al Roach, the creator of the Our Gang series, his quote is, when people ask him about it, he's like, Naturally, some got into trouble and had bad luck, and those are the ones that make the headlines. But if you took 176 other kids and followed them through their lives, I believe that you would find the same percentage have troubles later in life. Honestly, I think it's just the, uh, if it's anything, it's the curse of child acting. I, I know. You the, know like, it's not, it has nothing to do with 
arguing or little rascals. It has to do with the fact that children are so heavily abused in Hollywood mm-hmm. for their child acting that they're all mentally fucked. And oh, they yeah. Just, well, and it leads to shit like this. And like he said, like I, <coughs> I told you maybe like 10 cases of mm-hmm. things and there were 176 actors throughout the right. hour gang stuff. So he's like, I mean, I feel like if you follow that many kids anyway, there's going to be a handful of them that are having issues or, yeah. So it's like, eh, eh, eh. But like you said, I think it's more just like child acting, especially in that time when we weren't so aware of what it does to kids. Yeah, like all the way up to the early 90s. Yeah. Late 2000s or early 2000s, I would say. You know. Well, the Corys, mm-hmm. for example, as just one very but, famous thing. But even like famous, like Demi Lovato and yeah. Selena Gomez, like oh, yeah. in the Disney machine. In the, like, in the Disney machine where they're like, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're, you're too you know. little. You're too big. You're too mm-hmm. this. You're too that. Dye your hair. Yeah. It's like they're 13. Like, think about the body image issues you right. have to have already as a 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. or boy. Yeah. And then they're, like, telling you all these things that are wrong with you, and it's like, oh, shit. I mean, that's why Demi fights all that so much. Right. And is so vocal about it and has had her drug issues and whatever. Yeah. It's all it, it's all about child. I think it's just the psyche that, the child psyche that gets so dramatically affected from the pressure mm-hmm. of Hollywood and... Uh, way to bring it down, Amanda. Shit. Shit, son. Shit. So, do you guys want to hear about how I got my car stuck? Yes. So, it should have been on a story on our Facebook page, but if you don't follow us on the social meds, my vid didn't post either. I had saved oh, yeah. it and it deleted. It didn't, because we were, we had no service. Oh, I didn't yeah. save it, so. So, you know, we, that's cool. We were driving to Iowa and I have bladder issues, which require me to pee constantly. And, uh, what, what part of my body actually functions correctly? I, you know what? Every time you tell a story, I wonder that. (laughs) No part. (laughs) Um, and it's not like it's not, it's just, I have a small bladder and I have to pee all the time. It's not. It's not like actual issues. It's not like a medical condition. Um, so we're driving and we stopped to pee and then it was about two hours and then I was like, nah, it's fine. We'll hold it. Blah, blah, blah. And we were like 50 miles away. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can't We hold were it. 40 minutes away. You're That's like, how far away miles, are we? you dick. 40 minutes. 60 miles an hour. Sorry, 40 miles. I was just going by time, man. Yeah. Either way, it's about the same. And I can't, couldn't hold it that long. I had to go. I had to go right then. Right then. So we're driving, and I'm like, okay, I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Like, I could slowly feel it just like, I'm going to pee myself. So we pulled over, and I'm like, oh, it's just a little farm road. We'll just pull right in here. Yeah, I was like, I mean, you could go on one of these. And so we pull in. We pull in. I, I'm like, okay, I get out, and I'm peeing. And you're like, oh, it's muddy. Oh, it's muddy. <laughs> Watch us get... <laughs> and I get out, and I'm like, oh, it's muddy. What? Because it was pouring down rain the whole drive. And I was like, <laughs> what happens if we get stuck? Just like, fucking Being stupid. smart ass. <laughs> I pee, get back in the car, we're fucking stuck. <laughs> Do a little zigzagging, yep, that's not we're working. Doing, we're trying to, like, zigzag and wiggle and shake our way out, and then I'm like, Amanda's like, no, dude, we're, we're gonna sinking. have to push. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to push. I'm like, fucking A, Amanda's wearing her grandpa moccasin, so I, I had my Crocs on, so I put it in four-wheel drive and, uh, hopped out. 
And we, by put it in four wheel drive, I mean I put my safety strap on, not my <laughs> not four wheel drive in my car. <laughs> like you know, the shoes. <laughs> and then I we're pushing it out, and Amanda's revving it, trying to get it out, trying to finally... do zigzags without running her over or running us into the ditch. Right. And so we finally get out, and we look up, and there's a sign that says "Caution: No Road Maintenance. Enter at Own Risk." I'm like. Well, should have read that first. <laughs> also, we hit the road. I'm about to climb to my side of the car because she's on her way up the oh, hill. Yeah. And Siri goes, proceed to the route. And we're both like, like, I'm crying. I'm crying, okay? <laughs> and then I get in and I look at her and I go, I just realized that, that was probably my pee mod that I was standing in. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, glad you got out because <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> Uh, adventures, I tell ya. Road trips with us are fun. They can't, they, they can't be. Sometimes, sometimes we're sleepy. Sometimes we have, like, I still don't know what, well, we left later than, we didn't, we left at, like, midnight. The time that it took us to get there until, like, six in the morning. And it was, like, light out when we were driving in. Yeah, we left at, like, 11 o'clock at night. It's a three-hour drive. It took us six and a half hours. Uh, because it was snowing that one day. Nope, that was the, that was what before Caleb was even married. And we went through that giant clock tower town, and we were oh, like, where the yeah. fuck are we? The 1800s? Did we time travel? <laughs> we're, we're lost. Turn right. Nope, that was a different time. God, <laughs> uh, forever. But that was before that one, and we yeah. still haven't lived that down. No, we're still... But the then we got lost a second time, and we called Caleb, and we were like... We're, we were literally drove through what looked like a horror movie town yeah. set. Like, all, there was windows broken out in all the houses. Like, it was, like, just, like, an abandoned town. And Caleb's like, I don't even know where the fuck you are. And then we are driving a little bit later, and he's like, oh, yeah, just turn right. And I'm like, we are about to turn right. And I'm like, wait a minute. How the fuck do you know where we are? You just said you didn't know. But don't just tell me to turn right. Don't just say that. <laughs> we're gonna get more lost. And then... There was, like, a whole horde of teenagers or, like, children oh, yeah. walking across the street so when we went through a small town. It was, like, I think it was, like, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night by that point. Oh, and yeah. we were driving, and I see, like, figures walking in the road ahead of us, and they're, like, in a small like, town. what is that? Like, <laughs> I, like, slowed down in the middle of the highway, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Amanda's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Why are you slowing down? Why are you, Why slowing are you breaking? Down? Just keep going. Just hit them. Like, I don't want to <laughs> hit them. And we get up, and it's literally, like, ten-year-olds. I'm like, go the- Yeah. Why are you not in bed? <laughs> there was, like, ten of the kids. They were, uh, like, lined up across the road when we were pulling up on them, and they slowly worked their way to the sides of the road. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? We're gonna get jumped. Keep going. Go, go, go. She goes, I don't want to hit them. And I was I like, I don't give a shit. Get out of the road. Those, you hit those fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is- that's how I would live through the zombie apocalypse. Yes. Who fucking cares? Hit them. Hit them. <laughs> They're in our way. Fucking hit them. You don't know if they're zombies. I don't give a shit. You don't ever want to be a protester in front of a man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You're in my car. You're in my way. It's not even that. It's like, and it's dark. Not. You are not going to kill me. I'm going <laughs> to win this battle. I have a machine. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to win. I'm, I'm going to win. Uh, All right, guys. Well. We're gonna go watch some some movies. Yeah, yeah. Because we gotta record our for fuck's sake Friday. Oh yeah, we're bringing it back. Bringing, bringing it, it back. Bringing it. Bringing it. Bringing it back. Uh, for more of that obnoxious, <laughs> tune in on Friday. Stuff. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Follow us on the things with the stuff and such. 
you know, the normal things. Facebook. ISW, the podcast. Instagram. Facebook. Instagram. <laughs> or Facebook. Or both. Instagram. Or all. Review. Comment. <laughs> interact. Subscribe. Post on things. Let us know what you're listening on. We should make a post on Facebook that says, hey, guys, let us know what, what you're are you listening, listening on. on. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. All right, guys. Hey. Thanks for listening. Yeah, spread the word. Spread your self. See, you know, that's still, like, it makes me uncomfortable to think about. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Every know why time saying like, it slower makes it weirder. But Spread it, yourself. Don't whisper it. That makes it even weirder. <laughs> Especially when I make eye contact with you when I say it. Spread, Spread yourself. Your self. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sicko. No, you fucking sicko. Ah, shit. You didn't record, did you? No, it recorded. I just have to. <laughs> I was like, shit. Move. I just have to move. God damn it. <laughs>